Sedelebeda pende maradalaza apalalamapa Rabonda masiribida panda pa In the name of Jesus, hallelujah Hallelujah In the name of Jesus Hallelujah Hallelujah We thank the Lord, hallelujah A strength thy grace thy word A strength, a strength, thy grace is our thy word, our end, the glory of the Hallelujah, brethren. Amen. We give God praise tonight and we thank Him. We celebrate His holy name. And I welcome you all to the garden of the assembly of God. Hallelujah. David Amen. said that I would rather spend one day in your court than a thousand elsewhere because he Amen. deemed the presence of God and the fellowship with other believers of greater benefit than any other thing he could do and rightly so is it that that man david had a certain understanding of the relevance of spiritual things and he always had made sure that he prioritized well in his life no wonder he was called a man after god's own heart he placed spiritual things above all he valued the things of God above all. He was a king. He was a shepherd boy before he became a king. He, he was a military leader before he became a king. He had many victories. He had so many things at his disposal. As a matter of truth, the entire army of Israel and the entire people of Israel were at his beck and call. Whatever David wanted, he called for. He had wives. Any wife he, he wanted, he could take. He had silver, gold, everything the heart of man could ever desire. David had it at his beck and call. But David always chose the presence of God. David always chose the assembly of God's people. He valued it above all. And he gave his all on the altar of God. Hallelujah. That was what set David apart. His love for God. His love for God. And when we read in the Psalms, it is a mere display of a man's love for, the, for his father. A man's love for his God. Because he had come to know him intimately and personally. Hallelujah. And it is wisdom for us as believers to recognize this, the relevance of spiritual things. And value it in our heart as such. The Bible says that sanctify the Lord God in your heart. 
That means that set the Lord and the things of the Lord apart in your heart. Don't mix it up with other things because it is of greater value. It is of more value, more significance than any other thing. It is more sacred than any other thing. Hallelujah. Your level of seriousness with spiritual things ought to be greater than your level of seriousness with your academics. With any other thing in your life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We give God praise. And tonight as we have got it, we are going to hear the word of God. You know, the word of God is everything for us. The word of God is our wisdom. The Bible says that through wisdom is an house built. Our life is like a house we are building. And the Bible says that we will build it well according to the blueprint of the Father through wisdom. And the word of God is our wisdom. The Bible says, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom. Hallelujah. Jesus said that a man who heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them, he said, I will liken him unto a wise man who built his house on a rock. See, the word of God is wisdom, and he that heareth God's word and, and, and does it is a wise man who is applying the wisdom of God's word. Hallelujah. Jesus calls him wise. The word of God is our wisdom. The word of God is our sanctification. What does that mean? The word of God sets us apart. As you are hearing God's word today, it is, it is wisdom unto you. And it is also your sanctification. Meaning that anytime God's word comes to you, it sets you apart. It sets you apart. It sets you apart. Hallelujah. It sanctifies you. It, it refines your understanding of spiritual things so that you have a greater appreciation of who God is and His ways. It is your sanctification. It is your sanctification. And the man that delves deeper into the Word of God will always live a sanctified life unto him. And the Word of God is also our grace. Through God's Word, the grace of God is imparted to us. If you want to walk in a deeper level of grace, stay in the Word. That's what Paul said to the Ephesians. He says, I commend you unto God and to the Word of His grace, which is able to build you up and give you an inheritance among the saints. I commend you unto God and to the Word of His grace. The grace of God is imparted through His Word. And what is grace? Grace is, grace is that spiritual empowerment, that divine empowerment to do what you naturally cannot do. Hallelujah. And we know that this spiritual life which we have in Christ, we can live by the flesh. And the only way we can live it is by grace. So daily, we need an impartation of grace through the Word of God. And every time you sit under the ministry of the Word, it imparts grace onto your heart. So tonight, as you are listening to the Word of God, grace is coming upon you. Hallelujah. You are receiving an impartation of grace. You are, you are, you are, you are, you are. The Word of God is empowering you. That is the impartation of grace. It is empowering you to stand firm. It is empowering you to be steadfast. It is empowering you to hold on. Hallelujah. That's the power of the word of God. That is why when we gather, 
we don't preach the philosophy of men we don't preach biology or chemistry we don't preach the wisdom of this world which is coming to naught but we preach the hidden wisdom of Christ which is revealed in his word hallelujah hallelujah we thank God for tonight you know I want to share a few things with you from the book of First Corinthians chapter number 16 my main focus is my main focus is going to be um, towards the end sorry actually chapter 15 rather my main focus is going to be on verse 58 which is the last verse but I would like to read from verse 50 downwards hallelujah Paul here is speaking about the mystery of our resurrection on the last day and the victory that we have over sin and over the world and over the devil he says in verse 50, he says, I tell you, brothers, hallelujah. And Paul is not speaking only to the Corinthian church. He's speaking to us also by the Spirit. He says, I tell you, brothers, flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God. Nor does the perishable inherit the imperishable. Behold, I tell you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall be changed in a moment. In the twinkling of an eye and the last trumpet, for the trumpet will sound and the dead will be raised imperishable and we shall be changed for this perishable body must put on imperishable and this mortal body must put on immortality. When the perishable puts on the imperishable and the mortal puts on immortality, then shall come to pass the saying that is written, Death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is your victory? O death, where is your sting? The sting of death is sin and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through Christ Jesus our Lord. Hallelujah. I'm going to hold on and read verse 58 after I explain a few things to you. Paul here is pointing out to the Corinthian church and to us also that you see, this flesh and blood that we are speaking of or we know of or we are aware of because we have it, this body of flesh, it cannot inherit the kingdom. So here Paul is speaking of the salvation of our bodies. He had told the Corinthians, he had taught them about the salvation of our spirit, which was consummated when Christ, when we believed in Christ. Hallelujah. And they knew that we are being saved. Those that believe in Christ, we are in the process of being saved through the renewal of our and the, 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 through, through the renewal of our mind through the word of God. And here Paul is speaking concerning the salvation of our bodies when mortality shall put on immortality. Because this body of flesh cannot inherit the kingdom of God. It is a body of sin and it is a body of flesh. But we shall be changed in a twinkling of an eye and we shall put on our heavenly bodies. This body is still subject to death. Death holds sway over this body. That is why sickness can prevail in this body. That is why diseases can have their way in this body. But on that day when we are changed in a twinkling of an eye, in a moment, death shall be swallowed up. And the sting of death which is sin shall lose its power over our body. Hallelujah. The heavenly body that we shall put on, it cannot die. It is not subject to sin. It is not subject to decay. This body that you have, this flesh of yours which you take care of so much, 
our ladies you are always painting it yellow blue green black black and all kinds of colors it is subject to death sickness can take hold of it it is subject to decay it can perish but you see when we are changed and we put on the new body from heaven our heavenly body it is not subject to death that is the salvation of our body hallelujah this mortal body that is it is the it, 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 death reigns in this mortal body but when immortality is brought to light and this mortal body is swallowed in immortality then the, the perishable shall give way to the imperishable and the saying as paul said will come true that death is swallowed up in victory you see death over our spirit has been conquered the power of death or the the hold of death over our spirit has been conquered because our spirit can't die anymore we were dead in trespasses and sins but jesus came and made us alive unto god and our souls are being made alive through the renewal of our mind and it is left with our bodies hallelujah but on that day, on the last trumpet shall sound, which is what we are waiting now, mortality shall put on immortality. That is why Paul said that we groan in our bodies, that we will put on our heavenly bodies. Hallelujah. And he says that, oh death, where is your victory? Oh death, where is your sting? The sting of death is sin and the power of sin is, in the, is the law. That is why even now as we dwell in this flesh, we struggle with, the, with sin. We struggle with certain things. Why? Because death still has a hold. But the Bible says that if you through the Spirit do mortify the deeds of the flesh. So the only way as we live now in this flesh we can have victory over death and its influence through sin is by mortifying the deeds of the flesh through the Spirit. That's what the Bible says, that walk in the spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. Every desire of the flesh leads to death. Hallelujah. That's what the Bible says, that to be carnally minded is what death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. You experience the life of the spirit when you walk in the spirit and you are spiritually minded. When you, when you move your flesh in the way of the spirit. Hallelujah. That is how you experience life in this body. But there is a day coming when the struggle will be over. Hallelujah. I said there is a day coming when the struggle will be over. Hallelujah. When I read, you will, not, you will not battle sin anymore because you don't have this body of flesh. Do you know that angels envy us? Because they wonder how we do it. That we dwell in this body of flesh entry. And with the many things we have to deal with and struggle with this unregenerated and, and unredeemed flesh, we are still able to hold on and battle and fight the good fight of faith, laying hold on eternal life. It baffles them. That is why God keeps pouring His grace on us. We are fighting daily in our flesh, the contradictions of our flesh. Our flesh wants to go one way because the principle of death is still at work. And, 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 and the, the, because our spirit man has been made alive in Christ Jesus, it also wants to go the other way. And gradually as we yield ourselves to the spirit, we move in the way of the spirit and mortify the deeds of the flesh. 
And I tell you, dearly beloved, we can come to a place where it will seem as though we are not even living in this mortal body because we would have mortified the deeds of the flesh to the point where we are living like spirit beings. And that's what God desires for us. But it is a battle to get there. It's a daily battle. That's why Paul said, fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life. Hallelujah. It is a fight. It is a fight. Paul said that I want to, I want to do this, but I, I, I find my, myself doing it. It's a fight. It's a fight. The spirit lasts against the flesh, and the flesh lasts against the spirit. It's a battle. But it is a good fight that we must not give up. You must not just say, oh, my flesh wants this. I'll just give in like that. No. No, no, no. You don't give in. You continue to mortify the deeds of the flesh through the spirit by walking in the spirit daily, yielding yourself to the Holy Ghost. Through the word of God. And through practice and constantly yielding yourself to the spirit. You mortify the deeds of the flesh. You mortify the movings of death in your flesh. So that death cannot have its hold on your life anymore. And all the while as you do this. You set your hope on that day. When that last trumpet will sound. And mortality shall put on immortality. And the, imp and the perishable shall be swallowed up by the imperishable. And death will have its sting no more. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So what does Paul say in verse? Look at, look at verse 30. Look at verse, verse 56. It says, the, the sting of death is sin and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God who gives us victory to Jesus Christ our Lord. What is that victory he has given us? It's our faith. The Bible says that he, who, is he that, who is he that has victory over the world? Even what is, it that, what is it that has victory over the world? It's our faith. Jesus has given us victory over the world through our faith. So that by the Spirit we are able to what? overcome the deeds of the flesh. So while we continue on in this battle, while we continue on fighting this good fight of the faith, laying hold on eternal life, look at the admonition of verse 58. Paul said, therefore my beloved brethren, be steadfast, hallelujah. Somebody say, be steadfast. Be steadfast. What does the word be steadfast mean? It means be firm. Stand firm. And Paul is saying that I know that, that there are many contradictions in your body and, 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 and death still has a certain way in your flesh, but be steadfast. Stand firm in the truth. Don't let your mind be swayed to the left nor to the right. Don't be deceived. Stand firm in the truth. Stand firm in the grace of God. Stand firm in prayer. Stand firm in the word of God. Stand firm. Be steadfast. Hold on. Hallelujah. The Bible says that we should hold, we should hold on to the profession of our faith. For it has a great recompense of a reward. Hallelujah. Be steadfast. Be steadfast. Be steadfast. And look at the second. He says, unmovable. Unmovable. That means that, let, you see, the devil is always seeking to move you out of grace. The devil is always seeking to move you out of truth. And that is the only way he can ensnare you to fall into the flesh. When you walk in faith daily, 
you are walking in the grace of God. When you walk in grace, you are enjoying the rest of God and you give no place to the flesh. But the devil is always trying to move you out of grace, move you out of faith to walk in doubt, move you out of grace to walk in your flesh, move you out of truth to walk in error. But the word of God says, be steadfast and immovable. The Bible says that they that trust in the Lord are like Mount Zion, which cannot be moved or be shaken. So the secret to not being movable is to let your heart safely trust in the Lord. How do you trust in the Lord? By trusting in His Word. So that you'll be unmovable. Because the only way the devil can move you is by deceiving you. And through his deception, you will not fully trust his word and you move outside of his word. When you move outside of God's word, you've moved out of grace. You've moved out of truth. And when you move out of grace, you are no longer relying on the strength and the provision of God. You are relying on your own strength. And the Bible says that cursed is the man that trusted the arm of flesh. The Bible says that not by might, not by power, but by my spirit, say the Lord. The devil came in the garden and he moved Adam and Eve. First, he moved Eve out of truth into deception. He moved them. They no longer trusted God. So they went into the flesh to attain what God had promised them by their own means. That's what the devil does. But God is telling us, as we wait for that hope, uh, when mortality shall put on immortality, we should be steadfast and immovable. Let your mind be made up. There's a song we sing, I've got my mind made up and I won't turn back because I want to see my Jesus someday. I've got my mind made up and I won't turn back. Because I want to see my Jesus someday. Goodbye, world. I stayed no longer with you. Goodbye, pleasures of sin. I stayed no longer with you. I made up my mind to go God's way the rest of my life. I made up my mind to go God's way the rest of my life. Hallelujah. Yes, we made up our mind. Your mind has to be made up. Listen, if you are going to be steadfast, if you are going to be immovable, your mind has to be made up. There is no time to be to be here and there. Elijah said to the prophets of Baal, if God is God, seven. If Baal is God, also seven. Stop halting between two minds. You can't be double-minded. The Bible said that a double-minded man cannot receive anything from him. You can't be here and there. It is impossible. And Joshua said to the people, if it seems good to you, then serve the God of the Amorites and the Jebusites and the, and the Gegasites across the Jordan. But as for me and my household, he had made up his mind. And the Bible says concerning Daniel and the three Hebrew children that they had purposed in their hearts. 
brethren, it's time to purpose in our heart as we look for the glorious coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, as we expect that last trumpet to sound, when the mortality shall put on immortality and our body of flesh will give way for our heavenly body as we await that coming. We have to be steadfast and immovable and the only way we can do that is to be purposed in heart, to have a made-up mind. Hallelujah. Uh, that I'm going to give my all on the altar and I'm going to stand in truth and I'm not going to turn back and I'm going to hold on dearly I'm going to fight the good fight of faith laying hold on eternal life I'm going to let my heart safely trust in the word of his promise hallelujah he said be steadfast be immovable and lastly he says always abounding in the work of the Lord Knowing that in the Lord your labor is not in vain. Hallelujah. Let me tell you. The only people who give themselves daily for the work of the Lord are those who are steadfast and immovable. You see, the work of God is such that there are so many discouragements. Because the reward for God's work is not here on the earth. And as a matter of fact, if you are seeking a reward here on the earth, you have no reward in heaven. Hallelujah. And because there is no reward here on the earth, but only sometimes disappointment, sacrifice, and pain, many people cannot. Why? Because they have not made up their mind yet. They are not steadfast and immovable yet. Uh, their hearts are seeking something else in this world, some earthly reward. And because of that, they cannot abound in the work of God. Listen, he says, always abound, meaning that being superfluous in the word of God, in the work of God, that means giving yourself abundantly for the work of God. Listen, a day is coming. And I said this, uh, I think, two days ago. That those who looked like fools for giving themselves fully for Christ and his kingdom will be the wisest. And those who are wise in their own sight, thinking that, oh, I'm not going to be a fool. I'm just going to give little and I'm going to spend the rest of my time for my own self. They will realize how foolish they are being. Brethren, a day is coming. Always abounding in the work of the Lord as we wait for that hope of His glorious coming. Hallelujah. I, couldn't, I, I, I can't think of any better encouragement for the believer than these words. Be steadfast. Be steadfast in prayer. Be steadfast in prayer. That means, listen, keep praying. Pray and pray and pray. And don't be moved away from prayer. Don't give up in your prayer. You are praying and you are not seeing any result. Keep praying. Be steadfast. Be steadfast in the word of God. Be steadfast in giving yourself for the things of God. Be steadfast in giving of your substance for the things of God. Some people, they think they are wise. Oh, as for pastors, they only spend our money. So they don't want to even give their substance for the work of God. They are wise in their own sight. They would rather spend all their money on themselves on this earth building houses and buying big cars and those things there's nothing wrong with that but they spend very little on the things of god 
what is left over is what they give to God. But on that day, they will realize how foolish they have been. I'm telling you, you realize how foolish they have been. And the man that gave it all for the kingdom and was thought of to be foolish for doing so will be wise on that day because he gave it to the master. He gave of himself, he gave of his treasure, and he gave of his talent. Listen, we are giving our best to our companies and it is good. The companies where we work, it is good because the Bible says that whatsoever you do, do it heartily as unto the Lord. That is the work ethic of the believer. But when it comes to the work of God, we don't have time. We are too busy. Uh, we, we have to be given one month notice before. Sometimes even to lead, you know, in your church, to, before somebody will ask you to lead prayer, you, you want to be given one month notice before you lead prayer. Hey! If God is about to bless you, will you tell God, God, give me one month notice before you bless me? The blessing of God, you want it suddenly, right? You want the breakthrough suddenly, out of nowhere, like a surprise. In the same way, you should lead prayer like a surprise. You should preach the gospel like a surprise, suddenly, out of nowhere, immediately. You should give yourself for the work of God that way. Listen, let no man deceive you. God is not mocked. Hallelujah. These things they don't tell us anymore. Uh, but it behooves me to point these things, these things out to you because lately, you know, we've been talking about setting our hope on the coming of the Lord. And these are the things that will keep us, you know, in the right frame of mind as we wait for His coming. Hallelujah. Sometimes I wonder, I wonder when it comes to the things of God, the kind of excuses we give and the way we approach it, I wonder, it tells of our heart. The, the, the member is angry with the pastor because the pastor did not give him earlier notice for some things. But if the, his job place, they call right now, even, it doesn't matter if they asked him to come the next 30 minutes, whatever he's doing will come to a halt. And you go. That tells you where your priority is. Listen, you can give any excuse you can give. It is not to me. It is not to your pastor. It is to God. Oh, it's my job. You see, it is because you see your job as your source of provision. So you feel like if you don't go, you are going to lose your source of provision. You don't see God as your source of provision. That's why. But I'm, 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 I'm beseeching you, brethren, that may it be different with us. Hallelujah. Uh, that we will value the things of God much more than any other thing else. That we will place priority on the things of God much more than anything else. That we will be steadfast and immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. Your heart should daily be yearning, Oh God, what would you have me do? What can I do? What can I you call, Pastor Sam? What can I do more? How, how can I give myself more in faith generation? How, 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 how? Uh, Pastor Sam, I, 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 I also want to lead prayer. Pastor Sam, I, 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 what can I also do? You go to your pastor at your local church. I, I want to do more. I, I want, Father, what would you have me do? I want to abound in the work of God. Hallelujah. And I say this again, brethren. The people we, you see, we see sometimes, we think 
They are fools for giving everything. They've lost everything. And you think they are failures in life sometimes. They look at us and they think we are failures in life. And this guy has some big degree and all of a sudden he says, look at what he's doing. Like you're a failure. The motivational speaker will come to you and say, you did not set short-term and long-term goals. What foolishness. Think you're a failure in life. But in the sight of God, you are a success. Listen, what are you chasing? For us, our admonition is to be steadfast, immovable, and always, not sometimes, morning, afternoon, evening, always abounding in the work of the Lord. Listen to this, for you know that in the Lord your labor will not be in vain. It will not be in vain, brethren. There is no attempt to work for God that will be in vain. I'm telling you, if you lift up a cup of water to serve in the house of God, it will never be in vain. Whatever you do for God, brethren, there is a great reward awaiting you. And the reward of God is always greater than the work you do. I'm telling you, it is always greater. There are great rewards. Next week we are going to deal with rewards in heaven. There is a great word. There was a time Peter and James and John, they came, you know, they had been discussing them. They, they realized that they had given everything. The Bible says that when Jesus called them, he said, said to Peter, follow me. The Bible says immediately they left everything and followed him. There came a time they were worried. What is our reward? And Peter came to Jesus. Uh, Jesus. You know, Peter was older than Jesus. He came to Jesus, you know, we've been following you all this time, all this time. And you know, people have been telling them, you people, what's wrong with you? You have been following this guy who says that better have nest, foxes have holes, the son of man has no place to lay his head. Look at, is this the man you want to follow? What is your reward? You people are becoming failures. And they taught themselves that they were becoming failures. So they can say, Jesus, you know, we've left everything to follow you. What is our reward? What is it in need for us? Jesus said that no man who has left father, mother, children and, and, and siblings and houses and, 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 and farms and all those things to follow me. He says, will fail to receive a hundred times more in this life and in the life to come. Listen, it's a hundred times more. Hallelujah. Let me tell you, sometimes when you see people carrying sacks of money to the church, it's not everybody who is brainwashed, you know, it's not everybody that is brainwashed. Sometimes when you see people and the way they commit themselves in the church, sometimes we think they are brainwashed. They are not. Their hearts have perceived something, an eternal weight of glory. And they are pursuing it. Hallelujah. I want to encourage us all tonight, brethren. As we await the redemption of our bodies, as we continue to fight in a good fight of faith, laying hold of eternal life, let us be steadfast, immovable, and always abounding in the work of the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You want to lift up your voice tonight? 
and just begin to pray based on the word of God that you have heard. I'm bringing my message to a close. Lift up your voice and begin to pray based on the word of God that you have heard tonight. Just lift up your voice and begin to pray based on the word you have heard tonight. Pinda mazula mata. Lebele mundi mi gabeli atakas. Delush de higos. Daikunda milongos. Fedele manda zigilian tangazu. Rabon dilibida panda pai. Bere de lebe dilibida brondo posse. Ipaberian da dusty ekondo lobodobo shata. Inamanan tangazu. Rebe penilimido se teke. Itilimida panda pai. Baduni mi depende pere de leze zika adura mane. Romba stapos de igauze zikos. Lede nemenente mi son dinimida pende mbrekisa handos de igabahai. Reba bos de gelele mandolo godobo sheke. Raba balia handa baye. Repelele babos elele babanda pa. Lakon dinimida pondele bedo shataka. Inamananta nkasoi, robololomonto nkosotu nilida pampa lilibaponde perede babaya. In the mighty name of King Jesus, robande shake. Inamananta satelebedo shaya. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Listen. There was a time a man came to Jesus, you know, and Jesus said to him, follow me. But he said, Lord, let me first go and bury my father. And Jesus said to him, leave the dead to bury their own dead. But as for you, go and proclaim the kingdom of God. Another, the Bible says in Luke chapter number 9 verse 61, yet another said, I will follow you, Lord. But let me first say farewell to those at home. I thought that was okay. Jesus said, no one who puts his son in the plow and looks back is fit for the kingdom. Why did Jesus say it? Was it that Jesus was heartless? I will follow you, Jesus. I've made a decision to follow you. But at least you let me go and tell my family goodbye. But Jesus said that. No one who puts his hand in the plow and looks back is fit for the kingdom of God. Jesus, are you telling me by me going to say goodbye, I'm looking back? Why, what, what was Jesus trying to point out? You see, Jesus was trying to reveal the agency of the decision that they are making. That it is not a fanfare, it's not a joke. It's not something you can play here and there. It's either you are all in or you are not. It's either you are going all the way or you are not. Hallelujah. There's no time to play double-mindedness. In fake generation, we are not going to play double-mindedness. We are all in. And we are going all out. Hallelujah. If Christ gave his all for me on the cross, it is no new thing. It is no hard thing. It is no big thing for me to also give him my all in this life. Hallelujah. And trust me, dearly beloved, there is a great recompense awaiting us in glory. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Amen and amen.